Hi, I'm Ron Moorhead, and you're listening to the Paranomaly Zone. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. It does happen. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's his Hey there, ponderers of the paranormal. You found the home for all things paranormal, strange, and mysterious. That's right, you are in the Paranomaly Zone. My name is Patrick Koffenberg. I am responsible for this mess, and I'm joined... Thank God it's you. <laughs> I'm joined, as always, by my co-host with the ghosts, the paranormal poster boy himself, the... Not nearly as cycloptic looking <laughs> Mike Carbonell. Um, yeah. Your eye is getting much better. Um, yeah, the blood is slowly draining out and <laughs> it's probably on its way down to my doubted foot. Uh, I know. Mike is just one. You're a shambling <laughs> mess right now, aren't you? It's just. Yeah. I know the listeners just, they probably <laughs> roll their eyes every time I bring up some kind of an ailment, but dang it. <laughs> it doesn't quit. You know, nothing. Uh, I mean, I've had some. How many med changes? That makes no difference. I did order a new cane off of Amazon, and boy, is it a cool one! Oh, nice, very cool. Yes, it's got a pewter handle. It's with all kinds of Celtic knots and designs on it. Hey, that's pretty sweet. It's actually a tactical cane. Oh, what, so, so, so if anybody sees me walking with this and they want to mess with me, don't. I was going to say, clarify what you mean by tactical uh, cane. Yeah, you can use it for uh, swordsmanship. Uh, <laughs> something a club yeah okay gotcha the next gotcha. best thing to um having a, t- a tactical cane is if i were to carry or use my my uh my actual real shillelagh that's right well that is a that is an actual weapon yeah but i don't want you to hurt yourself though mike so just, no just just relax sit back do some podcasting magic yeah. pull some pull some I, podcasting yeah. magic out of your butt and uh yes yeah, because i am not anticipating any any need to you know protect myself so i'm a pacifist anyway that's very true very but it was a cool cane i love the the celtic design on the handle that's why i got it you know we are you know longtime listeners are going to notice an an upcoming change starting with this episode actually we are going to be publishing each episode in two parts now um and some will say, hey, remember, this is Patrick's idea, not this, mine. This is mine. And some some will automatically <laughs> say, well, it's a shameless way of garnering more downloads. And it's like, well, I really don't know about that. Maybe it is. But um, what we shall see. I, I, <laughs> I doubt it. But I, I really want to find out what portions of the show, what topics that we cover seem to be uh well recepted, well recepted, as opposed to the received. ones that received. As a, as opposed to what did I say, recepted. Yeah, is that a word? Maybe. God dang it. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. 
Um, I have you have boughten into the bad word. Yeah, I was going to say if if you keep say, keep on saying that, I can say well recepted. Okay, so um, okay. See, now I lost my train of thought again. Mike, Al, yeah, darn it! I know, I do that. I <laughs> know uh, we're releasing it in two parts. I want to see, you know, I want to break it down and see how this goes. So, you know, if it absolutely sucks, I'll change it after a couple months. But we're going to give this a shot. <laughs> so, uh, if you see two different um, podcasts show up in your podcast feed. Do not fret. Do not fear. They're both from us. They're just uh, broken up in two different segments. The main topic at hand and also the formerly known as One Last Take, and we have yet to figure out the new name for it segment. But uh, by the end of the, tonight's recording, it will have a new name, and uh, we're definitely looking forward to it. Tonight, we're focusing on the mystery of Indrid Cole, the smiling... A fantastic story. The smiling man slash the grinning man. And um, the final segment of the show, the second half of the show, we're going to be focusing on the Flatwoods Monster. I can't believe we've never talked about that before, Mike. Um, oh, that's, a, that's an awesome story, too. Another awesome story. But uh, regardless of whatever name we settle on for the final segment of the show, that's where we say yay or nay, no shades of gray. We have to go either way, Mike. Yay or nay, yes. believer or not fake or real. That's what we do. Even if we're kind of straddling the fence, we have to choose one. So, um, mm-hmm. there, at- there was an old movie uh, that was made of called The Smiling Man. Oh, really? It was an old black and white. I, I have never seen it, but I've seen uh, just like pictures from it, like uh, stills from it and the makeup or whatever they do with this guy. It's just this huge sardonic smile that he has it looks just pure frightening i have i have no idea if it has anything to do with the with the story itself but i was going to ask that do you remember if this was after 1966 when this movie was made oh no it would have been before so okay so so, then- so maybe indred uh Cole um, saw this movie, liked it so much he wanted to be the smiling man. Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe mm. he maybe he underwent some plastic surgery to give himself a permanent creepy smile just because he yeah. loved that movie so much. AK or a la Jack Nicholson in the uh, Batman movie back in nineteen. When the hell was that? Nineteen eighty nine with Michael Keaton. I don't know. I don't know. Pretty hey, interesting. But, you know what? By the way, I heard some sad stuff about uh, Jack Nicholson that he probably is another one who is um, suffering dementia right now and who is. Mm. Uh, kind of in hiding that's a i'm not saying it here that's a fact that's what i've read that's what i've heard so it's like mm. oh, man you know with, yeah, the, with the with the bruce willis news this yeah. last week it's like man that's it's too bad that's too bad but we wish him nothing but the best but hey mike yeah absolutely let's just dive right into it okay sure uh, we got a lot of podcasting to do tonight and i'm looking forward to it be be totally truthful before we decided on Indrid Cold, how familiar were this with this story were you, if at all? Well, when you first mentioned it, I really it didn't uh, I didn't uh, uh, remember anything about it. Um, but as I started reading, I didn't you know the name didn't seem familiar or anything. But when I started reading about it, I started remembering that yes, I have heard of this story, but I've never really dug into it too deep. So. Um, so I uh, read it. Sure. It was fascinated and yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's one of those stories that I'm on the same boat as you on that one. Um, It's one of those stories where it's just, it's in the backlog of our brain, you know, mm-hmm. it's stuff that we like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. But if you ask me a question about it right now, I probably wouldn't be able to answer it. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but if you, the moment we look at it again, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. So it's, mm-hmm. it's freaking weird though, man. It is, it's. 
We're talking UFO encounters. We're talking alien yeah. encounters, potential men in black uh, related yeah. issues it's, going on yep. here. Very much an alien type story. Yep. Oh, 100%. 100%. And as you said, you know, all jokes aside, Mike, the physical descriptions of this being, we'll, we'll just call it a being. Yeah. Are, but are very humanoid, but very just humanoid. That. Yeah. Very, very humanoid. Tall, uh, slender. Wearing a suit, um, I've heard. I've read different colored suits. I've read a green suit. I've read a black suit. Um, I wasn't there, so I don't know what the hell type of suit he was wearing. I, I think there is a mention of a chartreuse. A chartreuse suit. Ah, okay. Say that five times fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as you said, Mike, very human, humanoid looking, but with that creepy ass smile on his yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah. And. and the unnatural smile it went in and it was it was like pasted there um he was talking and the smile never left his face i mean it was yes. just yep you know an, an like he wasn't using his mouth an yes. unchanging smile um the person who really brought this story to the forefront uh mr woodrow Derenberger, he described Essentially, what we just said, but he described his encounter as it was he was being spoken to telepathically, essentially. Right. It's exact, that's exactly what he said. Yeah. Uh, the mouth was not moving, just that creepy ass smile. And somehow he I think I wet his, myself a little bit. I just a wee little bit. <laughs> um, are you sure just wet yourself, Mike? Or yeah. maybe uh, you might have. I don't know. I don't know there. Let's dive into the meat of the story here. Let's get some of the get some of the tail of the tape out of the way here, and then we can kind of banter back and forth on what we think about it. Obviously, Indrid Cold, the commonly known as the smiling man, as we've already said, an alleged humanoid entity. Uh the odd thing is about him, obviously, again, as we just said, is the bean's tendency to smile at everyone that encounters him, even when speaking, even though the smile does not move. Commonly associated with UFO activity. Now, there's kind of a red flag right there. Right. Yeah, on that same road, that same area. Yeah. You know, <clears> what, <throat> at night. What is it, Mike, with all these so many mysterious topics that we've covered throughout the years, you know, both as the Alternate Podcast and now as Paranomaly Zone? I mean, we're talking even Bigfoot sightings now have so many reported UFO. Uh, mm hmm. So much reported UFO activity related to Bigfoot as well. I mean, what is going on here? If we're taking all this at face value and taking all this as legit, it kind of hints at something larger going on out there that is... Um, oh, yeah. Well, like one of our recent previous guests has has said, he believes that uh, um, uh, everything's connected. All of these uh, oh, cryptid yeah. and... Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I think there is some kind of a connection where, I, like you said, everything's, uh, there's so much associated with each other that, uh, um, there's a connection somewhere. And it, is, is it, uh, our universe closing in on us or what is it? You know, I mean, Ooh, that sounds claustrophobic, you know, <laughs> well, you know, as the universe expands, um, is it just something getting smaller to where we are all connected mm. because of what the universe is uh, designed 
to do as it expands, it brings us all together. I don't know. Yeah. I was just pulling that out of my ass. I have no, no idea. No, I could tell. I could tell. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can smell it, so I can tell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those are stinky words for you. No, I know. Um, well, even when we're talking about paranormal speak here, Mike, or paranormal activity, I mean, I think it's safe to say that you and I generally agree on most things when it comes sure. to all things paranormal, mysterious, odd, and strange. One of us more quickly than the other. <laughs> and I think we are both open-minded to the to the suggestion, the theory that all of this is connected. It is connected. And I think you were referring to Ron Moorhead. Um, yes, absolutely. I did. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mention them. Okay, I, I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. Um, yeah, Ron, is, he's gone down that, that path of... You know, Bigfoot as an interdimensional being, the alien connections with Bigfoot, the spiritual, the paranormal connections with Bigfoot. And yeah, it's there's something large, larger out there that I think is beyond our uh, capacity for acceptance almost. Not necessarily. Well, you know, how about beyond our capacity for understanding rather than acceptance? Maybe that's a better way of putting it. Yeah, I, I agree totally. I mentioned earlier that some people believe that Indrid Cold has a connection to the men in black. And Mike, when I throw out the phrase men in black, what pops into your mind? Not the uh, movie. Not the movie. Oh, I was gonna <laughs> no. Say Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith. <laughs> no, 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 no. <clears throat> I don't think Will Smith was slapping Tommy Lee Jones on the set back in the day. But, oh, no. Uh, no, that would not have flied. Flew. Or flown. Flynn. <laughs> Floon. So. <laughs> <laughs> so but what when you think of the you old know, when well, you think you know, of that phrase men in black what pops into your mind well you know there's there's theories about it is it uh the first thing that pops in my mind is it government agency uh, uh government agents um but then there are so many reports of of uh men in black that are seen that are more hybrid like than than human mm -hmm. um so what are they i don't know but the first thing I think of is, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I tend to think of um, the uh, the government agent, um, you know, the investigating the the and threatening. Okay, I, I was just going to ask. So you are you leaning more towards investigating encounters or trying to keep them under wraps? Oh, the whole thing. Yeah, both of those. It's a kind of a package deal. How about trying to change uh, eyewitnesses? stories or trying to encourage them oh yeah to, sure uh, well the military did that during uh roswell your bones can be found dried up in in the desert if you decide to say anything oh, man. you know it's, i don't like going down that whole it almost seems like a paranoid path you know where you just you can't trust anybody but man mm -hmm. i have some some of the stuff makes it difficult to do so doesn't it Oh, yeah. But that's the order they had for national security. That's why they're there, mm -hmm. you know, for, uh, um, yeah, taking orders. You know, but when it gets to the point of, you know, traumatizing and terrorizing innocent, you know, essentially innocent bystanders just to yeah, keep, innocent civilians, keep yeah. their mouths shut. I mean, that, that goes to me, that goes beyond protecting, you know, I mean, I, I get it. I suppose I get it. The overall scope, the overall scale of national security. So yeah, at but any cost, at any cost, you know, the co the loss of a few for the greater protection of the, of the, the, of the, um, the mass masses. Essentially, right. You know? Sure. But you and I are on the same ilk where we think that every 
I don't like just tossing away the, you know, well, those few don't matter because I don't like re- being referred to as ilk either. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't sound good. Okay. Sorry. About I'm that. an ilk. He's an, <laughs> yes, he's a, he's a, he's the cousin of the elk. He's the, ilk. Okay. he's a quite ilkish man. He's very, he's slightly ilkish. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> That's, that's the, yeah, the Canadian. Bounding beastly, ilkish man. Bounding beastly, ilkish man. <laughs> I don't know if anyway. I, yeah. I definitely, if I was walking in the woods at night with you and we came across a massive, ilkish man, I would scream. Dude, run! Yeah, sorry. Absolutely. I have, have to incorporate that into every damn show from now on, so. You wouldn't try to speak to it and. No. Well, actually, I think I, if we saw something along the lines of injured cold, Mike would be so, so excited, he would just. He'd, he'd drop his drawers and just say... That's good! Yeah, I don't know why you say that. <laughs> sexy man, <laughs> sexy man. <laughs> I don't know why you would drop your drawers. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah you never know. It would help and, uh, It would help with your gout. How about that? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Can you look at my foot, please? <laughs> yeah, well... Anyway. Anyway, anyways, so... Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, sorry about that one. Ah. <laughs> How's Mike? Mike in the woods again? And I was I was ready to start getting serious. Yeah, well, I know, I know. And of course, Mike has after 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 Mike makes this. Uh, then of course, of course, immediately he defends himself by that's a whoopsie. Yeah, it was. A <laughs> now I was thinking. Oh, I'm Lord. sorry. I'm not going to go overboard again. But I <laughs> I I realize that we really haven't been using the soundboard at all for a, a, quite a I while. Know, hey. That's your fault, not mine. Yeah, you're, well, the, you're the one that's got the button. Maybe the listeners approve that I haven't been using it. So, but I'll, I'll oh, try. I I'll, don't know. I'll try and find the perfect, you know, the, the <laughs> you know, the median, I suppose. Now, the, okay, getting back to the topic at hand. First sighting, which involved Woodrow Darren Berger, I think it's Berger instead of Berger, occurred October sixteenth, nineteen sixty-six. Now, in this first sighting, Indrid Cold was described as being over six feet tall. Wearing a reflective green suit. Ah. Reflective. I must have read something different because I did not get that. Uh, yeah. That was kind of, it was interesting mm. about the green suit with a black belt on. Not, mm. Was he in and Taekwondo? And cummerbund. <laughs> I guess. Um, dark, described as a dark complexion with small beady eyes. That's very tan. Like it was extremely right. overly tanned. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Beady eyes set far apart. Now, this is where it starts getting beyond weird and where you would really not enjoy what you're looking at. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) He was also described as not having a nose, not having ears, not having hair. Hmm. But in the second known encounter, his suit was said to be blue instead of green. But it still retained its reflective property. What's so? What's didn't want to get hit I'll by say, a car at night on that road. So he was being precautious. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. you know, instead of having those little reflectors on his bike wheels, he had a suit made of reflective <laughs> material. Yeah. So again, he had the reflective suit. Along with that, he was described as this time looking perfectly natural. This time with hair slicked back, a coat. Mm-hmm. With the top two buttons unbuttoned, pants lighter than the coat, but still made of the same material. So two shades of this reflective blue this time. Hmm. 
He was also described, as you said, Mike, as being very tan, though not dark and not looking like not looking normal like any human being. Now that's to me when I read that, I interpret it as well. It's that smile. It's just that smile. It has to be. I mean, of course, you come across some creepy ass dude with this giant unmoving smile. I'm not going to think mm-hmm. he looks human. I'm going to well, he kind of looks human, but you uh, just go, yeah, go away. So, you know, I have a theory about this uh, changing appearance. Yeah. Because, like, when I read it, when the, uh, he had this first encounter with, uh, with the man that we're talking about, um, I think, well, actually, the, the, the man was driving. What's his name again? I'm sorry. I, I want to keep calling him the man. Injured Cole. Um, yes. No, the one that uh, oh, the had the encounter. W- Woodrow, yeah. Woodrow Derenberger. Okay, so Woodrow, driving down this road at nighttime, he sees lights up ahead, thinking they're police is when he stopped. Right. And he saw a craft that looked like the shape of a, a oil lantern um, chimney. That's right. That's right. And then this man came out of it. So what I'm thinking is... Um, this might have been an initial, the initial landing of this, this, uh, this man, this creature, um, showing himself as he normally is, not realizing possibly what, uh, uh, what the species on Earth look like. So oh, after that yeah. initial appearance, he started getting an idea of, well, he doesn't look like everybody else. He wants to fit in. So maybe he could alter his appearance to look more human-like, to be more accepted, or be able to to be a, uh, to be able to approach humans. That's a great idea. Mm. That's a great idea. I like that. Yeah, it's like it's like he has this smile. It's like oh, uh, doing research on these Earth creatures, a smile is a very friendly approachable thing so he's got the smile that he went way over he, he went to the extreme <laughs> you know well, yeah, I went but to then the he extreme. forgets about the nose and the ear and the, the hair and yeah he's like i got doesn't know about it <laughs> no he's looking he's looking in the mirror without his nose and ears and he's like okay what's yeah. what's a miss here something's something yeah, looks yeah. different <laughs> yeah that's i need my great, uh I, that's great. I need my shiny suit but i can make it look a little more natural yeah you, you know, know i don't know it's just an idea that i like that in my head you know when yeah. you're talking about that i what popped in my mind, Mike, was the old 1980s classic Starman with Jeff. Oh, I love that movie. With Jeff love Bridges. Love it, love it, love it. Because didn't he essentially, didn't he kind of go through that where he was taking on the shape of the humans around him, right? Is, or am I totally no, lost? No, he, he uh, it was actually. Um, uh, the picture of her dead husband. Yes. Uh, well, that's where he took the, well, actually what it was, is he saw her dead husband, or uh, the picture of him. Yeah. And, um, um. He found uh, uh, a baby book or a picture book that had photographs in it. And then also there was a a piece of baby hair from him, oh, her husband. And he wow. Good extrapolated Good the DNA or combined it or pulled it from there. And he because he, he's basically a, a being of light to this this alien. And they, he, uh, they showed him as an infant after getting this DNA on the floor and then just growing into you know, um, through the, all the stages of, 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 uh, growth sure. until he was, uh, Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> but what a job he did with acting that part and the oh. whole storyline and, uh, he's, oh. uh, he's a fantastic actor. Oh, I love the guy. Yeah. Absolutely. Fabulous. 
Now, according to reports made, again, by Mr. Woodrow Derenberger, Indrid Cold came... The, the, this, these are some interesting details here. Indrid Cold, via telepathic conversations and instructions to Mr. Woodrow Derenberger... And I did find an interesting article on Woodrow that I want to share. So don't let me forget that, Mike. You're right. Uh, this is kind of the, the cliff note versions of it, version of this here. Indrid Cold supposedly claimed, uh, came, I should say, from a planet named... Lonulus. Lonulus. Lonulus in the Genimedes, Genzi, Genimedes, I'm sorry if I'm butchering this, Genimedes <laughs> galaxy. Hmm. And that there are also, made up to me. now Mike, this might be in a, a just, this might be the reason <clears throat> behind the blue suit and the green suit and the different appearances because Indrid, okay. Indrid Cold claims that there were two other grinning men by the names of Demo Hassan and Carl Ardo. Hmm. <laughs> Wow. Carl, Demo, and Demo, Indrid. Indrid, Indrid <laughs> Demo, and Carl. I think they came off of some uh, 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 some little island off of the coast of Switzerland. <laughs> or the funny, I don't know. Or the funny farm down the street. I have no idea what's <laughs> going on here. Now, as we mentioned, um, oh, I, I was incorrect, though. Woodrow D- Derenberger was not the first eyewitness. The first eyewitness, which... The first eyewitness of the account, which took place on October 16th, 1966, actually came from two boys. I, I apologize. I jumped the gun thinking that Woodrow was the first one. Okay. Martin Moonove and James Jimmy Youngkitis. Hey. <laughs> hey. He can, Jimmy, he needs to Jimmy, see a doctor about that. Jimmy Youngkitis. Yeah. <laughs> it's Sounds kind like, of deep in my lungs, that yeah. Youngkitis. Sounds like something <laughs> you, you get after you visit a brothel or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> You need to Give me a, a heated piece of wire <laughs> <laughs> for that oh, yankitis. Oh, <laughs> or yankitis, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, whatever. <laughs> now, both Martin and Jimmy in New Jersey were walking down 4th Street when they saw this peculiar-looking figure, the surreal figure, as they described it here, standing near a fence. As they got closer and closer to the figure, this figure, they noticed, was a tall, bald man wearing, guess what, the metal green reflective mm-hmm. suit. Well, it appeared to be metal. It was reflective. Who was staring right back, that, right back at them with, yes, that giant maniacal grin. This peculiar man decided to chase them down the street <laughs> mm-hmm. until they got away from him eventually. Now, an interesting thing about this, during the same evening, several UFO reports were cited that night, Mike. Or several UFO sightings were reported that night. Okay. Coincidence? One mass hoax? What's going on there? They, uh, there were also other reports of um, this being seen on that road where people would just speed by and not stop. Interesting. After the Woodrow uh wadsworth or whatever his name is <laughs> what's wrong wadsworth double w would, would, uh, you know after that report came out then there were other reports that came in but um they would speed by and not stop and yeah so it was seen on that road at other now, times this is a quote from martin one of the young boys he said that jimmy nudged me and said who's that guy standing behind you i looked around and there he was behind that fence just standing there. He pivoted around and looked right at us. Then he grinned a big old grin. Okay, that's kind of creepy. 
Again, I mean, that's two creeped out kids. Maybe it was the it was the the creepy neighbor down the street. You know, maybe yeah, it was some. Yeah. Maybe he was the the town weirdos lurking yeah, out in the and field. Behind his back, he had a very large bag of candy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Now the boys only recalled more frightening details of this later on, so that makes it kind of think a little bit, you know. But but also, could they have been shell shocked? Could they have just forgotten these small details because they are mm-hmm. of the adrenaline? You have to look at it both ways. I mean, are they? Oh, kind sure, of, absolutely. Are they, you know, kind of adding on to the story, making it a little more interesting, so they can get a little more notice? Who knows? This time, they will recall that the man in the green suit was unusually tall, and had unnatural facial features. Again, with the lack of ears, lack of a nose. Even mm. though most sources mention the New Jersey sighting, injured Cole and the grinning man could actually be separate entities. Hmm. You know, there's a connection to the Mothman um, myth, Mothman legend here that we might dive into later. It's sure. It's. I'm. I, I shouldn't even have said that because I. I don't know if we're going to have time to, but I encourage our listeners, if you want to go look this up, there is an odd connection here. I know that the director slash writer of the Mothman movies or Mothman movie of Richard Gere, maybe it was, maybe it was earlier than that. He actually um, interviewed <clears throat> interviewed Mr. Woodrow Berenger. Really? Or, or uh, Dar- Darren Berger hmm. while, while doing research for the movie, The Mothman. Now, the third I wonder if he's still alive. Woodrow Get is not. Woodrow is not. No. <laughs> Which is, thank you for bringing that up, because he actually lived a very sad life after this encounter. I'm sure. Uh, this third sighting occurred November 2nd, 1966, so kind of, so in the spate of a few weeks, uh, during the same period, during this same period in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, the Lily family, mm. the Lily family, hey, West Point, you know, you know, That's right. Point Pleasant, the Lily family had been reporting that poltergeist, af- poltergeist activity in their house, I shouldn't even say had, Poltergeist activity began in their house. I'm sorry, Mike, I'm jumping ahead of myself. And they were envis- they were seeing odd lights in their house shaped as diamonds. Diamond-shaped mm. lights occurring in their house. Now, this is a, during that time period where this injured coal was supposedly lurking. Now, Lily's daughter, Linda, was sleeping one night, and this is terrifying to read, claimed to have awoken to see a man standing over her. Now, this is young Linda's quote. It was a man, a big man, very broad. I couldn't see his his face very well, but I could see that he was grinning. He walked around the bed and stood right over me. I screamed again and hid under the covers. When I looked again, he was gone. Creepy. Terrifying. (laughs) So now, if this is still the creepy-ass grinning man, injured cold, now he's getting inside houses, Mike. Yeah. And for and why? Why would you Being think a little more daring? <clears throat> I just he's not getting enough action by just waiting for people to stop and talk to him on the road. Kids mm. run away from him, can't catch him. <laughs> Very true. So start sneaking into houses and And he's like, What do you what do you want me to do? I got a nose now. I have ears. Yeah. <laughs> I gave my I changed <clears throat> I changed my suit. Come on. Is it my smile? Is is it my smile? <laughs> <clears throat> Ah, good Lord. It is commonly believed that Indrid may be an alien entity and is supported by its close connection with UFO activity and with Darren Berger's sightings. 
Darren Berger himself said that the Grinning Man is, in fact, a species of aliens with multiple, quote-unquote, Grinning Men. We kind of talked about that earlier, like that may be several of them. The third sighting by the Lily family suggests, however, that the Grinning Man may be some sort of ghost or spirit. It depends on the... Uh, um on what kind of a confrontation they have with this thing. I mean, some see it as an alien, some see it as a poltergeist or ghost. Uh, um, hmm. You know, there's, it's all connected, but <clears throat> they all perceive it in a, in a, mm -hmm. their own way. <clears throat> now, of course, a lot of people think it's just simply a hoax based off of the popularity and fear of the Mothman. There's one of the connections right there. You know, around the time the Mothman sightings were kind right. of gaining steam and so, hey, let's think of something else, you know. Yeah, it's all around that same, you know, same time and, yeah. Same time and same area. Right. Now, this is where I want, I, uh, before I go to the article on Woodrow Derringer, I keep saying his, wrong, his name wrong. It's not Derringer. It's Darren Berger. <laughs> Woodrow <laughs> Darren Berger. Now, there's a book written by Tanya Berger, and she claims that Indrid Cole was actually an individual slash entity known as Valiant Thor. Now, who is Valiant Thor, you may be asking? Well, Valiant another, Thor. Mike, do you want to tell everyone? Another wonderful, intriguing story. Great friend of uh, the Dwight, actually. Dwight D. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dwight D Dwight Thor. I'm like, what? I, I, no. thought I thought you were setting up a, a lame joke, but no. Okay, no, gotcha. Dwight Yoakam, maybe. Dwight Yoakam, there you go. <laughs> yes, they, he played backup. Valiant Thor was supposedly an alien who lived in an apartment inside the Pentagon for three years. Mm-hmm. This is not a joke. This is, no. this is a sincere, uh, well, let's just call it a rumor because there's no... Right. No, no there's no definite, definitive proof, but no, absolutely very not. human, like uh, it, human in every aspect. I now, mean, if you just were to see him, Mike, let's just banter back and forth here a bit about Valiant Thor. And if Valiant and a great Thor, name. I love it. I, like I said before we started recording, <laughs> he sounds like a professional wrestler or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and in this corner from parts unknown, carrying his large <laughs> hammer, his large hammer. That's right. And reflective green suit. <laughs> <laughs> Valiant Thor, boo! Valiant Thor. So, <laughs> let's let's just let's kind of banter a bit, Mike. Under the idea, under the umbrella, I should say that this is all legit. If legit, why would there be an alien living in the Pentagon for three years and? What the hell would he be doing out scaring the living daylights out of poor people in West Virginia? I mean, what's going on there? Sincerely. Mm. <laughs> Let's just, I mean, give me your well, thoughts here. Maybe that was the original goal of, of uh, Indrid Cole to become <clears throat> uh, in, uh, just in, intertwined with the, the, uh, the government. And uh, I mean, because he had certain things that he had to say, right? I mean, he was... Uh, um, uh, uh, like I said, he was very close to, um, Dwight Eisenhower. Um, there had been a lot of discussion going on things and learning things and a lot of, um, transfer of information. Uh, maybe that's what he was sent here for. And he, and it's, uh, uh, 
I, will, just, just, I, I, I want to interject real quick, Mike, before yeah. before I forget, because I'll read it in a second, but Woodrow, in this article here, in his interview from way back in the day, he says when he, this being was speaking to him telepathically, it was telling him that they mean him no harm. And they said right. that in plural, too. It was like, we mean you no harm. Mm-hmm. So right there, we. I mean, who is this we? Are they, is Injured Cole referring to his alien species, or is he talking about the government, or is he talking about both? I mean, or you know, or just the the landing party that he had, you know, that uh, oh, very yeah, true. you know, that's and true. and that's why before they left their ship, he says to them, "Smiles, everyone." <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and then yep. tattoo down there saying, oh, yep. "The plane," <laughs> you know, like. <clears throat> I know. I know. Like Ricardo, he used to say that when uh, the guests arrived on Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. I mean, some of our listeners. Smiles, everyone. I'm assuming some of our listeners probably have no idea what Fantasy Island is. Yeah, I know. But, but yeah. uh, hell, Mike, I never watched Fantasy Island. so that was, I did. I was at the age where it was quite entertaining. Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. Um, again, getting back to Valiant Thor, though. The idea that Valiant Thor is under the guise of an alien or he's an alien under the guise of a human living in the Pentagon. The Pentagon is hiding this alien. What purpose, Mike? What is the purpose of keeping this hidden and in the Pentagon? I, I love putting you on the spot, but do you get a negative vibe from that idea or do you no, get a positive? I don't vibe? actually. You don't? I don't. Okay. I the first thing first things I think of are are uh, some type of a learning exchange or um, uh, ambassador type situation. Oh, sure. You know, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we sent one of our people there that, uh, mm. you know, this, uh, there were um, people with no hair, eyes or, or ears or nose and driving. And then they see this human that's kind of interesting. I like I, I like that <laughs> idea though. That's really interesting. It, uh, I like that you said like a learning experience. Like sure, he's almost like a foreign exchange student. Yeah, you know, s- sincerely, and I don't. He doesn't mean to scare people. <laughs> well, he, you know, and he made so much of a point to uh, uh, reassure the the person, right? You know, well, uh, well, that meant them no harm. But let's get uh, to let's get to that so we can wrap up this first part of the episode here. Yeah, 1966, Woodrow Darren Berger, a sewing machine salesman. I didn't know such a thing existed. <laughs> a sewing machine salesman, door to door, I bet, too. <laughs> I hope he didn't have to haul around sewing machines. Well, that's one of the reasons he stopped on the road, I think, is because uh, he, it said something, what I was reading, that he, he was, had to. Uh, he was returning um, from a business trip. You're right. Yeah, he had to stop and re-secure one of the sewing machines on his vehicle. You are very, you are <clears throat> correct, Mike. He had to stop to adjust a sewing machine in the back of his truck. Very good. Yeah. Now that's when he got out of the road and he noticed those lights ahead of him. Right. And like you said earlier, he said, um, he described them as a kerosene lamp chimney. Mm-hmm. He said what appeared to be an aircraft that looked like a kerosene lamp chimney. Then he then said that a man stepped out and approached his truck. This is a quote. He looked perfectly natural and normal as any human being. This is what Derringer told uh, Ronald Maines during an interview on WTAP-TV in Parkersburg, West Virginia, the day after the encounter. 
As we said this already, he looked, he, he said he had a good tan, a deep sun tan. Hair was combed straight back, dark brown, good thick head of hair. Everything looked normal. Didn't look any different. But he said he was not normal. Something about him was not right. And that, of course, had a lot to do with that damn maniacal huge grin. <laughs> and this is interesting. He said he always kept his arms folded with right. his hands up under his armpits. Right. What's going on there? That's really interesting. That's kind of creepy when you think about it. All right, is what's he, kinda, he hiding? What's he hiding? Or is he trying to like... Okay, how about this for a crazy idea? Is he holding his alien self inside his costume, sort of? You know what I mean? He's trying not to break out, bust out of this this uh, version of himself. It could be. Otherwise, you know, when you think of that hair and the, the tan, I think of George Hamilton, and it might have been, actually have been him uh, researching for a part. Mm. Uh, that's right. Yeah, Love at First Bite or something like that, wasn't he? In the yeah. Or, or, I can't remember what the hell we'll be using. I'm thinking mm. of a 1980s George Hamilton, of course. But, yeah. Uh, I think that was Love at First, or Once Bitten <clears throat> or something like that. I can't remember what the hell it was called. Hmm. Now, this is what Darren, Darren Berger said this being spoke to him telepathically. This is what he said he heard in his mind. He asked me to roll down the window of the right-hand side of my truck, and he did what he asked. And he says, as the man stood there, he then asked him what I was called, and by that he meant, he knew that he meant what was my name. Yeah, so his English was like very kind of broken and... Broken. Now, that's how he's interpreting yes. it, like in, in his mind, too. So. Right, Exactly. So even telepathically, it's difficult to kind of, you know, to break through the language barrier every now and then. He says, I knew, I knew what he meant. I gave him my name. I told him my, and I told him my name. And he said, why are you frightened? Or he asked, I should say, why are you frightened? He, he then said, do not be frightened. We wish you no harm. He then said, again, we mean you no harm. We wish you only happiness. After he then told him his name again, this being told him, telepathically that his name was cold and that was kind of the world's introduction to the entity known as Indrid cold hmm. now of course darren bridger uh, recorded uh, reported this to the parkersburg police and a media frenzy occurred hounding down darren darren Berger for his story he took part in several interviews and after interviews aired, of course, others then came forward with claims that they had also seen this figure. Now, are they jumping on the bandwagon or not bad bandwagon or are they telling the truth? I mean, who's to know? Yeah. Huh, it could go either way very easily. But um, yeah, they see the attention that Woodrow's getting and they think, oh, mm -hmm. this is kind of neat. Maybe we'll get on the radio. Maybe we'll even get on TV. Mm -hmm. You know, um, let's say we saw something, too. Yeah. Or it's Indrid getting himself around. Or it could be very legit. That's the fascinating. That's the frustrating part of a fa of talking about all these fascinating things, Mike. Because right, we it have, is. We have to look at them from both sides because we weren't there, yep. so we, we have to be fair about it. Yeah, and no matter how much we believe in these these things, that uh, uh, we we even have to say that well, it's a possibility. I mean, there's just no definitive proof. Like I said, it's just. Oh, you know, God. yep. Absolutely. Unless you see it yourself, you experience it yourself. Um, I mean, I was watching Travis Walton today and uh, on a in an interview uh, special and and uh, looking at him while he's talking. I mean, 
you swear that there is n- nothing but truth coming out of this man's mouth. I mean, it's, it's like, um, it's like, you can see him like, like when you tell you, when you say when I'm, you know, recounting one of my paranormal stories, it's like, you can see that you're reliving it or that's what you say about me yeah. that I'm, yes. as I'm talking about, I'm seeing it in my mind again. And, and which is true. And that's the same thing with Travis Walton. I mean, you know, you know, it's just so, you just want to say a hundred percent that you know he's he's telling the truth, but you can't. Same thing with this. I mean, um, any anything. And you know, with Travis, with Travis with Walton, Mike, with Travis Walton, a lot of these interviews, at least ones that I have watched, he doesn't seem like he's having fun recounting these stories. Right. He does not. See, this is a painful memory for yeah. him. You know. Oh, absolutely, and absolutely. He's, but, he's dealing with it as best he can. That's the vibe. Yeah. That's the vibe that I get. Absolutely, and I, you know, and I was thinking, well, you know, there is thoughts that uh, we could possibly get him on the show, and it's like, yes, and then and I start thinking, does he ever get tired of telling the story or answering these questions, and you know, having to to relive this stuff? Because I mean, when he was on that ship, I mean, he was beyond terrified and fighting yes. for his life for, for what what he felt you would hope that maybe talking about it is some form of therapy i i hope so yeah well getting back uh wrapping up the story in injured cold here another man reported that um he driving along the road saw a hitchhiker trying to flag him down who matched injured cold's description and he drove on by he did not stop mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um other people claimed to see lights and quote-unquote quote-unquote, fluttering vehicles on the road that Derringer said he had talked to Mr. Cold on. Several witnesses also reported to have seen Derringer stopped on the road talking to a man on the Mm -hmm. road. So a lot of people saw him talking to this man. Now, this is where, this is, it's important that we mention this. Now, the news coverage eventually died down. He had maybe a a little flurry, a brief flurry of, I guess you want to call it fame, but I don't think Mr. Derringer enjoyed this fame being hounded down by the media. Uh, they were getting kind of, they started getting harassing. They basically mm-hmm. started being harassed, uh, called liars, fakes, he and his family. Long story short, Woodrow Derenberger, after reporting this, Mike, he gained nothing. All he lost was his job, his family, mm-hmm. and his own health. He ended up getting divorced. Yep. He lost right. his job. And he suffered from severe depression and headaches right? for the rest of his life. He died in 1990 at the age of 74, 23 years after the injured cold experience. Mm. Yeah. Uh, again, harassing phone calls, severe headaches, depression. He did have a, mo- a book that was written, but absolutely nothing came out of the book. He, mm-hmm. he gained no financial comfort whatsoever. He just suffered and his family suffered. So... Mm-hmm. We talk about this so many times, Mike. To me, that adds weight to the legitimacy of a story. I think it does. Um, there is also a book written by this Thor character that was like ten years after. Yeah. Yes. After these, um, that I think would be a lot. Be pretty interesting to find that book and see what that has to say. This Thor character. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, Mike, this has been awesome. You know, we need to um, wrap this one up. I think we gave a pretty good synopsis of the injured cold story slash mystery. I mean, what the hell is going on there? We highly encourage everyone to do their own deep dives into this into this topic. Uh, stick around. We're going to after we wrap this up, we're going to dive into our yet to be named final segments. <laughs> 
but it will shall be focused on the Flatwood Monsters, another interesting, fascinating, supposed real story, alien encounter, perhaps. We don't know. We're going to have to talk about it. But uh, make sure to tune in for that one. Let us know what you guys think. Um, I might as well get it out of the way right now. If you enjoy what you're hearing right now, you're going to love our Patreon page. We have over 200 exclusive posts there. Over 200 now, Mike. Exclusive <laughs> episodes recorded solely for our Patreon page. You think we're weird now? We get even weirder and hopefully more entertaining on the Patreon page. Not more entertaining. I'm just as entertaining, right, Mike? Yeah, well... We shall do what we can on our part. Listen to him. He like paused. He was stuttering there. He's like, (laughs) my gosh. No, I I got something stuck in my throat. That's gout. Gout's in your throat. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that'd be fun. (laughs) That'd be terrible. But in all sincerity, um, we have exclusive series that we record solely for our Patreon page. We just recorded our return to our Sick and Twisted series, and that was pretty flippant. It was demented, man. But It was was Sick and Twisted. It was Sick and Twisted. And we do our own uh, commentary and breakdown exclusive series on paranormal programming. Right now we're focusing on ghost adventures and ghost hunters. We do our own deep dives Share our opinions, our thoughts, the facts, the tale of the tape, all that good stuff. So many exclusive uh, video clips, audio clips, our own ghost hunt footage, our own ghost hunt captures. That's no joke there. If you don't believe us, go check it out. <laughs> we have our own crazy EVPs on there that Mike and I can't wrap our heads around sometimes. It's Yeah. It's interesting. It's a lot of fun. A hell of a lot of fun. That's the most important thing. Our Patreon page is a hell of a lot of fun. You can try it out for as little as a dollar a month. No obligations. So give it a shot. Well, Mike, thank you so much, buddy. Hang on, though, because we, yeah. we need to come right back for our yet-to-be-unnamed segment, but it'll be a good one on the Flatwoods Monster. Creepy. Creepy. Hold on, boys and girls. We shall return. 